0: network a call right now and get our free audiobook guide 800-514-0521 800-514-0521 that's
1: 800-514-0521 live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts Brian Alvarez and Mike Semper VV Let's get it on.
2: How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, New Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Thursday here in this show, and you know that means? We got a lot to talk about here today, including last night's Dynamite. And a fella here on the chat says, I was there last night. Austin crowds are some of the best for wrestling. Did it come across that way on TV? Sure did, brother. In fact, I thought the show last night—I thought it was awesome. Although there was one thing on the show that was just like <laughs> preposterous. But overall, I thought the show was great. And uh, in fact, the show was so great that when the match, when the show was over, they made an announcement that I immediately thought, "Oh man, Oh, man." And you know what it involves, old Ricky Starks. But we're going to get to that here on the show today. Go through all of the results from the Dynamite show. We've got the NXT ratings. So these uh, Dynamite ratings are going to be out in a while. and This could be a nutty day on my Twitter, so I recommend everybody make some plans for the afternoon. You know what's good? Top Pot Donuts. Go there and get a donut and drink some coffee, chill out, and don't panic. Because uh, this NXT number sucked. Because (laughs) all week, Rampage sucked. SmackDown sucked. Raw sucked. NXT sucked. So I'm thinking it may not be good for that Dynamite number. And then, of course, you're never going to freak out. Oh, it's a great show. Didn't do a great number. Ah. Everybody, go get a donut. Get some coffee. Maybe get some alcohol. Enjoy the holidays. Spend time with your loved ones. And then we'll talk about more wrestling later on. Got it? So we've also got uh, Shawn Michaels doing a media call. Becky Lynch, update on her shoulder. Sasha Banks is going to be at the Tokyo Dome. What? Yeah. We'll we'll talk about all this and more after the break. Observer Live.
1: like watching my grandson steal second mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more.
3: I take eyebrows, palpalcyclic, Fever, chills, or other signs of infection. Liver or kidney problems. Are or plan to become pregnant or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts. Infections, tiredness, nausea. Sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests. Diarrhea, hair thinning or loss. Vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite.
1: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
3: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Ever. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment.
0: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-378-3508. 800-378-3508. That's 800-378-3508. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Do you love driving, but you don't love your car payment? Open Road Lending can reduce your car payment by as much as $100 a month or more. It's easy to refinance your car payment. Just call today to get your no obligation quote and find out how much you can save. To qualify for a lower car payment, your car should be less than 10 years old, have less than 125,000 miles, and you've made at least six on time payments. Call Open Road Lending today to learn how you can lower your rate and your payment by refinancing. It's easy, only takes a few minutes, and there's no cost or obligation to apply and get approved. Call today and see how much you can save. 800. 800-
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Brian the show, Brian Alvarez
2: here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi also of WrestlingObserver.com. If I may, I gotta talk about old Ricky Starks. Hey, listen, I thought Dynamite was great. And I don't want people to take this as a criticism. Because sometimes we see things in AW, like old uh, Swerve agreeing a team, or uh, uh, Keith Lee agreeing to swerve with the team, or with, you know what I'm trying to say. And it's like, what? But sometimes things happen, and you don't know they're going to happen. And they happen, and it's too late, okay? So uh, last night, they did the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal okay and the the uh, the gimmick was whoever wins can choose the time and place to face mjf for the dynamite dynamite diamond ring tongue twister and everyone's talking about you know I want to do this or that so going into the battle royal Ricky Starks had already won a match against mjf which is going to take place at Winter is Coming. So he wanted to go in, win the right to, uh, to fight for the ring, and take everything away from MJF. And that was his goal, okay? So, you know, it was only a couple of days ago on this chat that somebody said, what am I, what am I missing in Ricky Starks? What am I not seeing And do you remember what we said? We said, you ain't seeing enough of him. That's the issue, okay? Yeah. Dude, this guy, and granted, they were in Austin, Texas. This guy came out, and dude, he was so over. And he was so over in that battle royal. And then he won the battle royal. And man, they went nuts when he won that battle royal. And then before they can even... Hit his music, they hit MJF's music. And this bastard comes down to the ring. And man, he starts just eviscerating Ricky Starks. And he makes fun of him, he's a rock ripoff, he's going to call him the pebble, he's going to take that pebble, he's going to skip it across the ocean, he's going to beat him, and he's gonna. He's just, he's just burying the sky, he's just eviscerating him. And then Ricky Starks walks by this dude, and he shoulder-checks him, And he picks up the mic. And you know, we all knew that Ricky could talk, okay? But my God, the promo that this guy cut on MJF. He sliced this guy. He sliced this guy like supermarket ham. You ever seen that machine they have in the supermarket? You put that big old thing of ham, and it slices and dices that thing up. He just, holy smokes. And then this crowd is like, they're they're volcanic at this point. And, man, he does the whole thing. And then this bastard kicks him in the balls. And he kicks him in the balls. And he goes for something or other. And Ricky Starks responds. And he spears MJF out of his shoes. And the building is shaking. And MJF bails out of the ring. And away he goes. I watch this and I thought, my God. First off, like, you don't want to talk about star-making performances. You want to talk about... I'm not even joking. This was the promo of a lifetime for Ricky Starks. It was the right promo in front of the right crowd at the right time. It was unbelievable. So, man, I'm on a high. I'm watching this show and, you know, I'm enjoying the show. And they had a great main event. And Anyway, shortly before the show ends, there's a graphic up on the screen. And it says, next week at Winner is Coming, it's Ricky Starks versus MJF, and it is Winner Take All. It is one match for the belt and the ring. Now listen, it ain't the end of the world. It's not that big a deal, okay? I'm not sitting here going like, you know, this place is su- nothing like that, Okay. But and the other thing is, you know they they had this plan that that was going to be the match next week and you know when they had the graphic up and everything like that, I don't think anybody had any idea how big this promo segment was going to be for Ricky Starks. but man, when this was over I thought dude listen, listen you know what they should have done they should have done exactly what they did at hindsight's 2020. And MGF punts this dude in the balls. He goes for whatever he's going to do. Ricky Stark spears him out of his shoes. MGF bails to the outside. And then Ricky grabs the mic and he goes, Get me a referee down here right now. I want my match for the ring. And MGF gets in the ring. And you do a quick whatever. And the referee poked in the eye or whatever. He's not looking for a second. And MJF reaches into his trunks and he pulls out that ring and he puts, he's going to go to put the ring on the finger. And Ricky, kabam, boots him. The ring goes flying like the Lord of the Rings. Ricky starts, grabs the ring, puts it on his finger. Boom! Punches MJF, knocks him out, covers him. One, two, three. The whole building collapses like that Arena Mexico show. Ricky Starks wins the ring. The place goes nuts. And now he's pinned MJF. You know he can do it. MJF got foiled in his own game. Ricky has gotten the ring. Next week you do the championship match, and who cares? Ricky does a great, you know what they do next week is Ricky, you know, whatever, something happens. Ricky does whatever. I actually had an idea, but forget. It doesn't matter. MJF beats him. Who gives a, who, who? I almost said a bad word. <laughs> Ricky's got a win over MJF. He's won the ring. It solves a problem we've had a thousand times where the fans really want to get behind a guy. Whoosh, you, rug gets yanked out from under him in one way or the other. Whatever, dude. Yeah, next week. Next week, MJF doesn't have the ring anymore. But you know what? He's got Regal's knucks. He pulls out them knucks... Boom! Now he hits Ricky to get his revenge. Ricky kicks out! Place goes crazy! Then you do whatever you're going to do, and MGF gets him in the end or whatever. But man, you had the opportunity here. You told us there would be two matches. You told us that Ricky was going to get his match, and you told us that whoever won the Battle Royal was going to get a shot of the ring in different matches. Ricky could have got his win leading into next week. Next week you beat him. Who cares? He has a great match. He already beat MGF. He got something out of it. Ah, whatever. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But, man, I saw that reaction for for Ricky Starks, and it was like, Dude, they want him. They want him. And the only thing I heard from people was, You can't beat MJF right now. Why? You guys have so little faith in MJF that he can't put over Ricky for the ring, getting knocked out with his own ring, and then going on to beat Ricky next week in a championship match? Bro, if this guy's any good... Which he is, he'll be fine putting a guy over for the ring and then winning the world title. Whatever, but I think they should have done that. And AEW fans are used to short title
4: reigns, so you do have the excuse there because that's really the only excuse you have going against. It's this not even a short title reign. He'll win. He'll retain the title. No, but I'm saying if people that want to belt up Ricky Starks and have him do the winner take all, and he walks away with it, and it's just to me that's too early. But this is a feud that I've wanted. I hope it's a feud that's going to continue to go, and I would have booked it in the exact same way that you did so you could continue to get mileage out of it and continue to build and build. I don't know what their grand plan is. Tony Khan always talks about booking so much in advance and you know, then having plans screwed up and this and that. But you know what? Maybe that's why pencils come with erasers, and if you didn't have more of a plan for Ricky Starks, you better come up with one. Because even if he loses here and you take him out of the mix with MJF, one thing that AEW has done a horrible job with with many people is following up. Ricky Starks can continue to be a star, can continue to be a threat, but he needs to have somebody to work with. He needs to have something going on that keeps him at the top of the game. Back in a
2: moment with more Observer Live.
0: here's the number 800-725-1651 800-725-1651 that's 800-725-1651 paid for by legal alert line
1: you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network well we might as well do the rest of dynamite
2: so they had that opening segment was awesome we talked about don't have much more to add there Except i do
4: i do yes. actually because one of the things that people always talk about when it comes to ricky starks is his size and the man is lean he's is built narrow okay and that's how that goes but did you notice standing next to mjf that he was just as tall, if not taller than MJF, he's a smaller guy. We're in an era of smaller guys. That should not be a notch against Ricky Starks with what that guy brings to the table. And once again, I just want to beat this home again to anybody from AEW who may be listening to this. Some of your follow-ups have sucked. And... With Hangman Page, you're really lucky in some of the ways that you've booked him in that he is an original, and there's almost nothing you can do, for the most part, I think for the most diehard AEW fan, almost nothing you can ever do to hurt Hangman Page, but you can hurt a Ricky Starks. And uh, he has not been bastardized in any way since he's been there, for the most part. You know, he got hurt, he had the good stuff with Dust there were things that he had going on, or with Cody, he had some good things, but he did get hurt. But he's been basically a clean character who is nice and fresh. And the fans are begging for it right now. There is nobody to move numbers right now for AEW. There's nobody to move numbers in head all for wrestling right now with what it seems like. But they they need powerful segments every time out. They need as many big names as they can get. Danielson, MJF, Moxley, all on there all the time Intermixed with each other, and now you got a guy in Ricky Starks who can do that. You can't not let that slide, you cannot let that fall away. And if you do, you know, it, there's really gonna have to be another again. It's just gonna be a, a disaster. It's not a disaster, but it's really gonna be an embarrassment if you fumble the ball on a guy where everybody right now is begging for a little bit of a run from him to do something.
2: We had Samoa Joe beating Darby Allin TNT title match. Samoa Joe killed Darby Allen. He killed him to death. And then he submitted him. And afterwards, he was going to kill him even worse. And uh, Wardlow came out to make the same. Hey, listen, if you like violence, I swear to God, Darby would have been better off having an MMA fight with Samoa Joe than what he had in that match last night. Bro. I can't even tell you how many times this dude got slammed on the cement He's signing up for slap fighting for something easy to do. Into the cement. I can tell you that he's alive and apparently not seriously injured. But you know what? But holy smokes. You could not take your eyes
4: off the screen. You could not take it. This was as bulletproof of a first 45 minutes of a show for a company that has had a lot of issues and a lot of off-the-screen stuff that matters more than what takes place on it. They needed to come out scorching hot. And you could say the first 45, if not the first hour and a half of that show, was something
2: else. We had the announcement that Orange Cassidy will be facing a wrestler of Kip Sabian's choice on Friday. No spoilers. Claudio Casignoli and Wheeler Yuta beat Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager when Claudio pinned Hager to set up the match with Jericho on Saturday. And then we had a segment. I'm going to talk about this segment after the break, because I think I might need a little bit more time than is left in this segment. But long story short, it was the goodbye to William Regal here on this show. Could have left well
4: enough alone.
2: We had Jade Cargill, Layla Gray, and Red Velvet beating Sky Blue, Madison Rain, and Kira Hogan, and you uh, know it was all right. It was in the death spot. But the big question that I had coming out of this match was, what in the world was the point of this match? Jade, Layla, and Red Velvet beat Sky, Madison, and Kira when Jade pinned Madison. So, I don't know why... Great! Jade won again! I mean, you know, her and Kira Hogan just had a big breakup and everything like that. And uh, one of the problems with this promotion is that uh, there are certain people that they do not want to beat under absolutely, positively any circumstances. And in the case of Jade Cargill, literally, literally the storyline has been, her reign is boring. So maybe, since she just split up with Kira Hogan, and since she's been having issues with Red Velvet and Layla Gray on TV, maybe there could have been a Three Stooges spot Where Red Velvet does whatever, Jade's distracted, and Kira Hogan pins Jade Cargill. Now you can do a Jade Cargill-Kira Hogan championship match. But instead, in her first match in the ring with Jade since they broke up, Jade just got the win over Madison. I don't know what it does. I don't know whatever.
4: It still leaves Jade and Kira, I guess. But how long was that match, would you say? I don't know. Whatever it was... You could have cut it down to a tag match. You did exactly what Brian said so you could have Kira win. And then filled the rest of that time, sprinkled throughout the show with another Ricky Starks promo backstage, saying what he's going to do, maybe later in the show, have, I don't know, Britt Baker or somebody else. You could have had her, and you could have had Hangman Page. I'm not saying big, massive interviews or anything like that, but to cut a promo or something like that, I think that would have been a lot better use of your time.
2: And then... In a great main event, the acclaimed-faced FTR. And it was weird because, you know, we talked about why was this match even on this show as opposed to on a pay-per-view, since in theory, in theory, like, if you're talking about the fake world of professional wrestling, in theory, this was the biggest tag team championship match on Earth in 2022. You have a team that is a triple crown champion. They are the champions of Ring of Honor. They're the champions of New Japan. They're the champions of AAA. This was their chance to become a quadruple crown champion by winning the AEW Tag Team titles. And they barely made a big deal out of that. And then it was just literally they shot the angle on Rampage at the end of this show. Now, with that said, this match was awesome. And they got a lot of time. It started out good. Then it became quite great. And then in the last few minutes, it was pretty much awesome. And they did the flash pin where uh, they did near fall, near fall, near fall, near fall. Go for the big rig. Bowens broke up the count. Place is going nuts. And finally, Caster rolls through on a powerbomb. And he covers and pins Cash Wheeler. They retain the titles clean in the middle of the ring and they do the stare down afterwards everyone scissors great main event you think the show's over but uh no the ass boys appear on the big screen <laughs> and, uh, i mean this is one of those where you know sometimes i don't know why they do something but they do it and i'm it's just like whatever this one i don't know why they did it but i don't care this is going to be a great match the Ass boys produce an envelope. They open it up. The envelope is a message from the Briscoes. And they pull out two dog collars. So on the pay-per-view, on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view on Saturday, it will be FTR versus the Briscoes in a double dog collar match for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. And whatever you think of how they set it up, that match is going to be Awesome. It is going to be a bloodbath. And uh, this may be the uh, beginning of paring down the number of titles that FTR has because they've beaten the Briscoes twice, and maybe it's time for the Briscoes to get a win. And given that there's going to be an announcement after the show about a Ring of Honor, I'm going to say television. I mean, it may not be on actual television. It may be streaming. It might be Honor Club, whatever. But there will be a way to watch weekly Ring of Honor television. I guess they're going to announce that after the show. And if it's not on a uh, Warner Media station, then the Briscoes can be the tag team champions. So we'll see what happens on Saturday, but I'm excited for that match.
4: It certainly sounds like that's what it's going to be, is some sort of streaming service. And even if it's not a streaming service, you can still take the titles off of uh, FTR if you want to, because you can make it a case where you're going to have to pay to see the Briscoes on pay-per-view. You're going to actually have to go see them if ROH runs the show or if, our, if uh, Tony lets them run in conjunction with somebody and the Briscoes show up. You know, Maybe that's the direction that you have to go with it, but it is probably time to take the belts off of FTR. It's probably time for them to lose the CMLL titles, and they'll probably lose the IWGP titles coming up here in January and... Then there's the question of, what do you do with FTR? Because I know if they start dropping belts, people are going to say, okay, are they leaving in April? Is that when their contracts are up and there's going to be all that speculation? We've already had Dax talk about, man, maybe I'd like to go back on the indie scene and, and see what's out there again. So it could either clear it for that or it could clear it for what a lot of people have been looking for since day one, and that's FTR and the Young Bucks in a long feud, or at least, you know, by AEW and today's standards, a long feud, that would lead to one of them, or obviously
2: them fighting over the tag team titles. So I know people don't like spoilers, so I will not spoil, obviously, the uh, result. And you know what? Even if uh, Fauntleroy read the uh, match, you, you know, you might speculate about the result, but there's a John moxley the match on Rampage. And I heard from multiple folks that this match is awesome. Like one of the best John Moxley matches all year. And this dude's had a great year. And apparently this dude bled so much in this match You don't say. that it took them 10 minutes to clean the steel steps after the match. It's the and some, not Muda. Some John. lady in the crowd screaming. and I quote, Jesus, turn Moxley into wine! I guess Jesus was there watching. Back in a moment with more Observer Live.
1: who come to cricket stay with cricket why is that well if you ask someone with one of the latest and greatest phones from cricket they might tell you it's because of the amazing phones like the new iphone 14 that lets you capture stunning photos in low and bright light plus they'd probably tell you about the fast nationwide 5g included with all plans that lets you stream text talk and more all at 5g speeds yeah they might mention something like that smile you're on cricket cricket 5g is not available everywhere fees terms and other restrictions apply see cricket wireless.com for
3: The Stella company partners with Santa and the Scout Elves in offering one of a kind joyful family moments at Christmas time from the elf on the shelf to elf pets and elf mates. These family traditions are simple and timeless and have been creating lasting memories for families all over the world from books to Claus Couture elf clothing to special Insta-Moment pop-up elf scenes and family games. We celebrate merry moments with you and your loved ones to create memories that will last a lifetime. And everyone has an Elf on the Shelf story like this Elf on the Shelf family tradition.
0: You know, I gotta tell you, my
4: kids do not like to get up for school in the morning, but when the holidays finally come around, they're up and ready early because they wanna know where their elf is now. The elf makes our holiday season.
3: Celebrate merry moments with the Stella Company this season. Visit ElfOnTheShelf.com for games, elf ideas, crafts, and more. That's ElfOnTheShelf.com. The Lumistella Company is home to the best-selling holiday tradition, the Elf on the Shelf. And this holiday season, Santa knows that Magifreeze clothing gives Scout Elves all-day standing power to create elf scenes that rise above the rest. Brand new this year is the Rainbow Snow Pixie Magifreeze with magical standing power. Just for Scout Elves who love flights of fancy, especially when they're glittery and filled with rainbows. Visit ElfOnTheShelf.com for games, elf ideas, crafts, and more.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi of WrestlingObserver.com. Hey, if you go to my Twitter at Brian Alvarez, first off, stick it up there at the very top is uh, your chance, your final chance, because it's literally ending uh, very, very soon here. I can actually tell you exactly how much time is left. There is 23 hours and 49 minutes left for the final co host spot on the Brian and Vinny show. It's your last chance all year. If you want to bid, it's at $610 right now. So now's your chance. That's not too bad. So uh, put your bid in. Obviously, it goes to Benefit Whale Scout. Registered 501c3, nonprofit. You can write it off on your taxes, host a show with us, you can review whatever you want, review a dynamite with us. An NXT show. My favorite show. Gonna review, uh, you know, whatever we end up reviewing on Sundays going forward. Lots of options here. Join Granny. Yeah, a lot of fun, so do that. And also on my Twitter, at Brian Alvarez, the fundraiser is going on. So if you only want to spend a little bit of money to uh, support Whale Scout, we got hoodies, Whale Scout hoodies. We got Whale Scout shirts. We've got uh, whale blankets. We've got... Uh, whale scout mugs and glasses and water bottles the cookies are all sold out sorry but if you uh, check it out there's a video here of uh, my wife modeling one of the sweatshirts these awesome whale scout sweatshirts so head up there at brian alvarez check it out and uh, donate we really appreciate it now the segment that we didn't talk about which i must so the blackpool combat club wins and i I will pretend that I am talking to John Moxley right now to explain this to him because he had the same look on his face when this was over that I did. So I think I've pieced this together. So the story is that after he turned on MJF, but before he was laid out by MJF, Regal went to Tony Schiavone, and he said, I'm going to tell you why I did what I did. But I only want you to air this interview if something very bad happens to me. So, of course, something very bad happened to him, which was ironic, as I'll talk about in a moment. But he was laid out, sent to the hospital. He's been in the hospital for a week. Brian Danielson's still there with him, according to uh, Storyline. And so Tony Schiavone said, well, I guess I got to play the video now so he played the video. And long story short, William Regal said that the reason he turned on John Moxley and gave the title to MJF is that as champion, everybody will want to kill MJF and thus this makes his life miserable. But that he is... BCC for life, Blackpool Combat Club. And the reason that he did this to John Moxley was to pass on his final lesson, and that is always watch your back.
4: You'll have something out.
2: Now, of course, what was not mentioned is the reason that, that uh, MJF killed William Regal is because William Regal was not watching his back. But we won't bring that up. So anyway, they cut back and John Moxley has to look at his face like, what? And then he just moves on. We're done with this storyline. And he just starts talking about something else. What in the world was this? Mike?
4: You left one piece of it out, which was that Regal also did this. When you ask, okay, well, that, that why would you do this, William? And he says he did it because, you see, those other guys, they don't need him. You know, Uta might need him, but those other guys don't. And they're not just going to let him walk away. You know, obviously, Brian Danielson, you saw the reaction that he had. That's obviously going to build in more to whatever story that they're telling there with Moxley and he and MJF and all that. But long story short, it was completely unneeded. It was a piece of the puzzle that. I, I Obviously, because Tony Khan mentioned that there was going to be something with Regal taking place on the show that. You know, we weren't quite over with this, but I can tell you what, if there are any more videos, bury them. Because it was unneeded, it was unnecessary, the goodbye was unneeded. It just, uh, it's not like it kills the show, it's not like it does anything, because honestly, you know, Moxley's going to move on, and it looks like we may all move on from this if that's it, but if they did have any more plans for it, please kill it dead, because it was... It was just frankly a, an unneeded portion of the story that left everybody, and not just Moxley, Claudio, all, and everybody watching for the most part with their jaws hanging open. Like, why?
1: Do you mind so. if I
2: fantasy book one more time? Sure. Okay. So, based on where they're going with everything, this would have all made so much more sense if Regal just had not turned heel, right? So, obviously, what they wanted to do was MJF said, I vow I will not use the ring. And then, of course, the swerve was, well, he used William Regal's knucks. Okay. So, why not, when you're doing the Moxley-MJF match of the pay-per-view, why not do exactly what you did? The referee goes down. MJF puts the ring on. Regal at ringside jumps up on the apron. And he says, you absolutely. And he reaches his heart And he puts the knucks on his hand. Like, if you even think about it, I'm going to knock you out with these knucks. So then MJF goes, boom! He kills William Regal. He takes the knucks off Regal's hand. He knocks out Moxley with the knucks. Which, you know, continues his vow that he wouldn't use the ring. He pins MJ. MG- he pins Moxie to win the title. Danielson flies down to the ring to take care of William Regal. And you end up exactly where we are now. And you don't have to have a time-traveling storyline <laughs> where Regal, the final lesson was don't turn your back. And then I turned my back and got killed. And then, you know, we had a turn, which wasn't really a turn, because I actually still like Moxley. You know, I, I turned on him for his own good, or whatever the story is here. That would have solved all the problems. Well, all of them.
4: Uh, or just, I you know, I don't know still why the firm beat up MJF in the way that they did. You know, except for you wanted MJF to be an island amongst themselves. He was hated by all, I- including Stokely Hathaway, because we haven't had a follow-up to that either. But, like... You could have done a situation where they're the ones MJF really is the devil.
2: Uh oh. There goes Mike. The devil took him out. <laughs> get that picture of Mike, the frozen photo. <laughs> Hopefully we can get him back somehow. What are they what what's he on? Comcast? I forget what he's on. Spectrum something? Whatever he's on, it sucks. Yeah, he got disconnected, brah. Audio and video. Well, we'll see if we can get him back. If I found out that MJF was responsible for that, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. All right, well, let's do some other news till we get him back. Give his uh, his thoughts. Sasha Banks... Sasha Banks is reportedly going to be at Wrestle Kingdom 17 on January 4, 2023. According to a report from PW Insider, it is not clear if Banks will be wrestling or even appearing before the live crowd on the show. But New Japan is bringing her to the event. Back in October, she teased a potential match with IWGP Women's Champion Kyrie, posted a match graphic to her Instagram story. That Kyrie later shared on Twitter. So, of course, Kyrie is now the IWGP women's champion, and uh, and she'll be having a match at the Tokyo Dome. So, I don't know what's going on, but my guess is that uh, Kyrie will win, and then Sasha will challenge her for a match. So, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it uh, makes sense to me. So, Triple H was asked about her status in September. He said, time will tell. I think in a lot of ways, communication breakdowns are terrible. There was a communication breakdown there for whatever reason. Started back up that communication. It's not a difficult process, but it can be a process. (laughs) It's not a difficult process, but it can definitely be a process. It is a simple, complicated, yet not difficult process. He says, uh, you have to go through the process. She's an unbelievably talented woman who can do just about anything she wants. It just comes down to what she wants to do now. So we'll see what she wants to do now. But I would not be surprised if it was coming in for a one-off with Kyrie. And whether she goes back to uh, WWE afterwards, I don't know. I do not know. But uh, we shall see. Hope she enjoys the show. It's a Tokyo Dome. NXT on Tuesday, 534,000 viewers, which was down 17.1% from last week. It is the second lowest audience NXT has ever done on the USA Network. In 18 to 49, they did a point one three. So, actually, the demo was not too bad, but viewership was uh, way, way down. And uh, they did do strongly. You know, every time they do these demos, you know, I'm not saying I don't buy the demos or anything like that because... But it's just every week it's something random. And there's never any rhyme or reason to it that you can you can actually flesh out. But, like, for whatever reason, young females this week really decided that they wanted to watch NXT. I don't know why, but uh, that's what the chart said. But anyway, so as I know at the beginning of the show, Rampage did a terrible number. SmackDown, which was on FS1, did a terrible number. Raw did a terrible number. By the way, Rampage and Raw, all-time record lows. And then uh, NXT here did a a bad number, so you know I would not be surprised in the slightest if uh, Dynamite does not do a great number here tonight. And uh, I will be stepping away because I don't want to hear all the nut- the nuttiness about it. Sean Michaels did a a uh, media day to talk about a number of things leading leading into deadline on Saturday. He was about. He asked about Regal, he said, nothing official to announce. Everyone, quote, loves Steve, and he has nothing but respect for him. Like everyone, he says, I have been reading about everything in the media. He answered a question about X-Pac, whether he would wrestle in NXT. He said if that was an option they were allowed to explore, he would love it. Regarding the New Day, he indicated it might be more than a one-off appearance. And Xavier and Kofi are open to these conversations. Well, you know, whether it is or not, you have to say that. You can't say they're here for a one-time thing as a challenge for the tag titles on Saturday. You have to indicate that, you know, they're open to being back. Otherwise, of course, they're not going to win. And he said the dialogue for main roster talent to work in NXT has happened in a variety of ways and that they have done all of them. So we have the audio for all of this up on the front page. Uh, WrestlingObserver.com, so you can head up there and check that out. And uh, finally, news notes, Becky Lynch still not feeling 100% after suffering a separated shoulder at SummerSlam. So, man, I hope that uh, heals up because that can be a long-term sucky injury. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
1: you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back here on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. So uh, as I talked about a couple of days ago here on the show, uh, Mike's having some work done in the basement. And uh, I'm not... Sure that this is what happened, but it's possible they just chopped his internet cable in half. So, uh, classic. Anyway, tonight, the Brian and Vinny... Yeah, they cut the cord. So add him to the list. The uh, Brian and Vinny show tonight, AEW and NXT. Full reviews of Dynamite and NXT. NXT, of course, leading into Deadline on Saturday. And uh, we got an hour and a half to talk both these shows. So we got a lot to talk about here tonight. So check it out, WrestlingObserver.com for the audio, the podcast, or uh, video.f4wonline.com if you want to watch the video show live or the archives. Video.f4wonline.com. We always run live at uh, midnight Pacific, not ni- 9 Pacific, midnight Eastern. Midnight Eastern. That's uh, Thursday night. So you can watch it live on video. Uh, 9 Pacific, Midnight Eastern, video.f4wonline.com. Or listen to the archives whenever you want, wrestlingobserver.com. So uh, I will not be here tomorrow. (laughs) And uh, we'll see if Mike will be here tomorrow after what just occurred. But uh, we're going to do our best here. So uh, in the meantime, lots of stuff. The, uh, The Hall of Fame issue of The Observer. No, the awards issue. Is that right? Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame issue comes out tomorrow. Awards issue comes out next month. The uh, Hall of Fame issue is going to be coming out tomorrow, so if you want to read that, that's also available at WrestlingObserver.com. So all sorts of stuff to tide you over, and uh, that's it. Want to thank Mike as always? Callers and listeners, everybody in the studio. That's right. We'll talk to you next time. Can I do that to him? Him? Wrestling Observer Live.